Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. You know, I mean, I, I thought it was a pre, uh, pretty even uh, matchup. You don't want to be honest with you. A lot of good stuff out there on on both sides, guys. It was competitive for a inner squad scrimmage. It's not easy to be real competitive against your own teammates, but I thought it was pretty competitive and uh, just a lot of good structure stuff, which was good to see. That is Craig Berube in the scrimmage yesterday at Centene. Blues have an off day today. Welcome into Scoops with Danny Mack. Coming up, we'll visit with Michael Hall of Cardinals Care. And we'll talk a little bit of Cardinals baseball as well. The text line is open 65780. Alex Ferrario has jumped in with us. He is here with the first segment as we'll talk about what happened last night. If you missed it, uh, we had the broadcast last night of St. Louis Blues Hockey, our first of the year. We are less than a week away from the official drop of the puck of St. Louis Blues Hockey. And Alex, awesome to have you in here. Thanks, Danny. I feel honored because you're having me on the first segment today. Usually you push me to the last segment. Well, usually you're not here yet. That's true. That's true. I, I, you got to I mean, get your beauty sleep, Dan. It, look, we I got nine thirty starts. You know, you got to sleep in as much as you can. Otherwise, I, you look like Tanner. I saw. Don't you rip on my man Tanner? Sorry, T Bone. Sorry, I, don't you even go there? <laughs> wow, okay? just coming in here first segment. Now you think you can just take shots at everybody? Hey, you know. I'm excited, by the way, for you. I saw your picture on Twitter of your little one, uh, yeah. the ultrasound and the foot in the face. The foot in the face. So uh, That's it, when it's real, my man. We did the 4D ultrasound twice because the baby apparently did not want to take the foot out of her <laughs> face. So I can already tell you she's going to be a ball of energy. But uh, no, thank you, Dan. It, it's awesome. That made it real. Man. That makes it real when you see that. You got the face. You got the foot in the face. You got elbows. You Things got hands. moving around. Yeah. That, that's when you the femur's there. The rib cage is there. It's awesome. That's when it's all real. It's awesome. Um Give me your takeaways from last night. I, I'm going to tell you what I saw yeah. just on because I wasn't there, but I, I saw some of the highlights posted on Twitter. And when I saw some of the goals and some of the things, I, I saw kind of just guys skating around. It wasn't physical. Mm-hmm. Saw speed. Definitely yeah. saw a lot of speed. But I didn't see the intensity, and I, I wasn't anticipating <clears throat> an intense, you know, putting guys in the boards and, you know, right. the Hanson brothers out there, <laughs> I, I, nor do I want to see that. Yeah. Did it get physical or intense, you know, midway through or towards the latter stages of the game? I don't know if the game overall got physical. I, I mean, you're right in, in your analysis, Dan, because even Ryan O'Reilly said it after the game. He said that guys were just skating around in that first period. Exactly. Rightfully so. I mean, that's the first time they've actually had competition, which you loosely call that competition when you're playing against your own teammates. There was some physicality, and, and it was from those bottom tier guys. It was from the depth forwards. Like a Curtis McKenzie, who is on this team, is kind of as an AHL guy who could be on the taxi squad. He's played in the NHL, played in the AHL. He threw four or five checks out there on like a McKenzie McEachern and a Sammy Blay because that's the role he's got to provide. You know, Kyle Clifford and Vince Dunn, what I thought was just kind of messing around looked like it was serious where Vince Dunn was kind of barking at Kyle Clifford because a puck whizzed by his ear. That's the kind of physicality you're getting in this one. 
by the third period, Ryan O'Reilly said after the game is when guys started to actually get into the flow of the game. Like you saw a lot more crisp passes. You saw more forecheck rather than just hits. Uh, You saw better plays set up. So I, I think that's what I expected out of that too, of just kind of getting your feet wet and then kind of finally jumping in once you're accustomed to it in the third period. And I wouldn't be surprised, Dan, if they do another scrimmage on like a Saturday, Sunday, or Monday before they go to Colorado. But that's the thing is the guys that are trying to make this team or be part of the taxi squad, I anticipate those guys to right. be. Very intense. So did any of those guys make an impression last night? They did. And there's a lot of guys, Dan, that's going to be pining for a four to six taxi squad spot. So first things first, I mean, you got your 23-man roster. So a Mackenzie McEachern or a De La Rose, they're going to be on that taxi squad. Um, Curtis McKenzie, who I just mentioned, was throwing his body around. Austin Pagansky last night went top shelf on Jordan Bennington. So, I mean, you're getting, or I'm sorry, he did it on Ville Husso. It was the second goal of the game. But that's a guy that Craig Bruby has been talking about the last three training camps who could be on the taxi squad defensively Jake Wallman looked pretty good last night Mitch Rinky looked pretty good Scott Perunovich really didn't stand out in my eyes but I don't expect him to it's not an easy jump from college to the NHL but the guy that did and the guy that's going to put a lot of pressure on Vince Dunn was Nico Mikola I mean Nico Mikola Dan to me was the second best player on the ice right behind Jordan Cairo I mean he was physical he played big like you would expect him to he scored a goal he created some offensive opportunities. This is a guy that the Blues are really high on, a guy who could be a top four defenseman. He's going to put a lot of pressure on the Blues to make him a part of that roster. And if not on the taxi squad, he's going to give a lot of pressure to make sure they play him. The player I keep hearing about, I hear you talk about it a lot. I'm hearing the fast lane talk about it a lot. Jordan Cairo. Yeah. He looked good last night, Dan, and rightfully so. I mean, I think he realizes, and we haven't had the chance to talk with him yet in the media since the training camps have started. I love this guy, by the I, way. I do, too. I, 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 The only problem with Jordan Cairo has been he's just never been put into the role that you want him to be put in, right? He's played fourth-line role. He's played third-line role. He's been topped up with guys, but the problem was every time he made a mistake, he was pulled out, and he's very green at the NHL level, so he's going to make mistakes. Now it sure seems like the Blues are saying, Look, we're not pulling you out here. Go. Go. And last night, Dan, so the first goal of the game, he's on that line that's creating offense. Of course, Robert Thomas gets the the assist on that one, but he's on the ice creating offense. He scores a goal. Joel Hoffer gives the puck over in the second period. A bad turnover. But what we talked about on the broadcast was... Usually when that happens, you have to finish. And if there's one thing Craig Berube has talked about with Jordan Cairo, it's this guy's got to finish. He's got to finish his checks, his plays, his skates, his shots. He finished it. He put it right into the back of the net. So I think he had two goals in that game, if I'm not mistaken, or a goal and an assist. Jordan Cairo was the best player on the ice, which you need him to be if he's going to make this team over a Sammy Blay. So I've got uh, Alex here for the first segment. If you want to have a question for him about the game last night or about camp, we'll try to get to those very quickly. It's 65780-65780. Then we'll jump to some Cardinal baseball. Michael Hall will be my guest. 65780 on the Air Comfort Service text line. Tory Krug, what did you think of him? So we got the uh, assist of the game, the first point of the game, a shot from the blue line. You know, he and Colton Pareko looked like they were meshing really well on the ice. Joe, Joey was talking about it on the broadcast last night. You could see Krug running his mouth a lot. He's talking with Pareko, which you need to do to build that chemistry up. Defensively, I, I think people are going to be surprised with him. He's small, but he plays a very heavy game in his own zone. Uh, we didn't get to see power plays, but you're expecting him to be effective on the power play. But it was the offense 
offense, Dan. It was the shot that led to Robert Thomas's goal. He's a guy, and I told Joey this, he's a guy who shoots the puck shin high. And it's something hockey players talk a lot about. You don't want those booming shots. If you can do them, great. But those are the ones that get blocked down and out of the zone. Those shin ones, those are the ones that can fly by four or five bodies off of a leg and into the back of the net. That's exactly what Krug did. So he's going to have points this season, a lot of them. He's going to be in the offensive plays an awful lot. But I think people are going to be uh, surprised about how he plays defensively with Pareko. What do you think of Hoffman? I liked him. I mean, he didn't stick out that much, but I didn't expect him to stick out that much. He didn't do a power play last night when there were penalties. They basically did a shootout, but with a defender chasing the guy. Okay. You're not going to see that in a game. So no power plays, but you know, Robert Thomas said that you're, you're still building chemistry with these guys. They, they missed a couple of passes, Hoffman with a couple of shots. Wasn't anything that was making you excited, but he's going to get to that point. It's just a matter of time. Six, one, eight. How did Bennington look? Let's go blues. Bennington looked great. Um, you know, we said this, you can't evaluate a goaltender off of this. Like, don't look at this and say, oh, well, Ville Husso gave up two goals or there's a problem. Like, Ville Husso looked great as well. Bennington gave up two goals, but something that stuck out to me, Dan, is what we said on the broadcast. The goal that got past him, which I believe was the Austin Pagansky one, that was the first one that his team or the team scored against him on. He was pissed. It reminded me <laughs> a lot of Dominic Hasek in practices or Marty Brodeur, right? Like they, they hated giving up goals at practice. That looked like Bennington. And Bennington was asked last year or last night, you know, um, are you looking bar- What do you take away from that bubble? And Bennington said, I'm not looking in the past. If I'm looking in the past, I'm looking at the cup, the all-star game, my 30 win season. We're talking about the future. To me, this is a guy who's ready to go. And he looked like it last night. Let's see from the six, three, six. I know it's early. We'll be injuries and we need to see how guys are performing, but with a hundred percent healthy lineup at Tarasenko, what are your lines? So that's an interesting one because I don't think anybody's thinking about that right now because you don't have him for at least a month. But if it were me and the chemistry's right, I'm going to keep Shen O'Reilly and Perron together. And if the chemistry's flowing, I'm keeping Thomas Hoffman or Hull and Oates, however you want to call them, Dan, oh, yeah. Yeah. whichever one you want to go with, but I'm going to keep Thomas and Hoffman out there with Jaden Schwartz. And if Tarasenko comes back, I know people aren't going to like it because they look at it as a third line, but I'm going to put Tarasenko with a Bozak and a Sanford or a Bozak and a Cairo because one, you don't want to throw him out there after an injury where he's missed time and played 20 minutes a night. He's going to want to, you want to ease him into it. And I'd put him on a third line role because maybe he can create some chemistry. You want depth right now. And if Hoffman and Thomas are flowing after a month, I'm not going to break those lines up. In terms of how they did the lines and the teams last night, how did they do this and how did they split it up? So they split it up basically with what you would expect your lines one through four in the regular season will be. So one team had the O'Reilly line with Perron and Shen, and then they had the Sunquist Barbashev Clifford line. And then the other one had Thomas Shannon Schwartz and had the Bozak Sanford and Cairo line. So you split those two up and then you split up the two kind of depth lines. The white team had McEachern, De La Rose and Sammy Blay, which is going to be one of those taxi squads. But then the other one had the Austin Pogansky, Curtis McKenzie and Nathan Walker. And that's another one that I would tell people to pay close attention to those three names. So they split them up with NHL guys and split them up with AHL guys. I think this is a great question. 636, did Pareko jump in the offense more than we saw last year and need his shot? I completely agree with that. I hope they take... Well, I hope he takes the reins off himself and just lets that baby rip. Yeah, he's talked about that a lot in the last couple of years. Um, He didn't do it last night, and I didn't expect him to because, let's be honest, 
he doesn't need to be taking those slap shot, shots shot. and scrimmage <laughs> exactly. and kill one of his players. But you know, in the power play that they were working on yesterday when I joined you on the crossover, Dan, he was working on those shots from the point. He's on that second power play unit with Vince Dunn. But yeah, I mean, look, if Pareko wants to take that next step defensively, that's his that's his area of focus because he's playing with Krug. Krug's the offensive-minded guy. But Krug is also the guy that can pass the puck to anybody with with ease. So I would be I wouldn't be surprised to see more slap shots or one-timers from Colton Pareko this year because when I talked to him last year, Dan, before the bubble started, he talked about how everyone keeps talking about his slap shot and how he needs to unleash it more. He said, I feel like I have, but now I know that it's a focus from the coaches. So I would I would expect to see him shoot the puck more this year. Mikola, a lot of people are talking about him, and yeah. we're getting a lot of questions about him. So Bortuzzo, um, you got others that we're talking about, like with Gunnarsson. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see him you know, potentially taking that spot? He's got to have a really good camp, Dan, for him to take that spot to start the season with because right now you're seven defensemen deep. I mean, Gunnarsson's your seventh D-man, and we saw his effectiveness in the cup. The one hold with Gunnarsson is the fact he can't stay healthy. Excuse me. So that's going to be an area of focus for him. I would say Mikola is going to be on that taxi squad. He's going to be that fringe player that's going to be playing almost every other night to get him playing time. But he's going to have to outplay Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo, and in my opinion, Vince Dunn to get into that NHL roster on a nightly basis. It'll happen. I just don't know if it's going to happen come next Wednesday night. What was it like? Last night, just seeing the game, seeing the guys skate, being back in you know a pseudo game atmosphere. What was it like? I got to tell you, Dan, I, I felt like a little kid again because like you're sitting there watching it. Joey and I were broadcasting this week in hockey before the guys took the ice, and the first thing that happens is the zamboni comes out and it starts cleaning the ice. That felt like me when I was ten, going to the Kiel <laughs> Center watching that. You know, like you get excited. Players came out for the pregame skate, which felt real. But when the puck dropped, it, it was kind of like a calm that came over you, right? because like you've been waiting for this so long it's probably what baseball was for you Dan yeah you were waiting for it for so long and you heard all of the back and forth and you just wanted to see it and that's how I was because March 12th was the last time we saw it in person in St. Louis bubble was bubble play was bubble yeah. play it was on television it sucked and I mean now and I know it sucked for fans too and I and I do feel for fans that haven't been able to see it yet but at least personally watching that it made me feel like I was 10 years old again watching hockey schedule now so we're what six days away yeah so they're going out to Colorado. So what's the the, the first game is Wednesday night, yeah. and then they've got what uh, this game on Wednesday night. They'll stay out there for a couple. Is it two games? Yeah. So Wednesday night's the first game against Colorado, and then Friday night they play against Colorado right. on the road. So you'll be in Colorado basically. I would imagine they're going to get there Tuesday, and they'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they'll leave, and then they come home, and they got a nice homestand. They play San Jose twice at Enterprise Center next or the Monday after, and then the Wednesday after, and then two days off, and then they play the Kings twice. They'll play the Kings at home on a Sunday or Saturday and then a Sunday. So they got a nice homestand. And if you go through the schedule, it really breaks it up. You don't see this team on the road for more than about a week. They'll go on the road. They'll play two teams twice and then they'll come back home. I guess where it's going to get interesting for the entire NHL is when the travel starts Mm -hmm. and you know, you just don't know about COVID and when it hits teams, how it's going to hit teams that's when it gets nervous, you know, when you start traveling and seeing how, 
you know, when you're in those tight quarters and you're you're traveling on planes, and yeah, I, I, that's what makes me nervous and about the whole thing. They test these guys every day too, so you're going to find out immediately. And you know, I, I, I you, it, the close contact is going to be the interesting part of how yes. if they have to postpone a game or was this guy because when they get to where they're going, Dan, right, it's practice in its rooms. It's kind of like the bubble. Like they're not allowed to leave the hotel room. So it'll be interesting how they do the close contact because do they have to postpone the game or are they able to to sit those guys and make sure that everyone else was good so that the taxi squad players can play. That's going to be a, a big factor, and you're not going to know that until you get the first grind of a road schedule, which for the Blues really isn't until February. Because like I said, you play Colorado, you're home for a week, you go on the road, you play Vegas and I think LA or San Jose, and then you come back home again. So March or yeah, February, March is when you start to see a lot more road games. But now, it's going to go now, ahead. Well, baseball got through it, you know, now yeah. not great. You know, they had a 17 day layoff and other teams got hit Mm -hmm. and they built in a little time to to make up games and things of that nature. And they were able to play double headers. Right. So at the back end of the schedule, there is what, a two week period? Is that what it is? Yeah. So March. And I only know this because that's when my baby's supposed to come. And it works perfect. There's there's a five day break. The second week of March. Okay. And then the last week of March, there's a four day break. Okay. So the only two times, though, that the Blues have extended two two or more days off in their schedule. So I would imagine that's going to be that area. But the problem is, Dan, once you get past that and into April and May, it's every other day that the Blues are playing. So you could see maybe a back-to-back if you need to do. But the problem is then you've got three games in four days, which is a grueling thing yeah. to ask of these hockey players. Not ideal. No, not at all. Let's hope, fingers crossed, yeah. knock on wood, they get through it. Definitely. Awesome stuff. Dan, thanks. Good to talk to you, buddy. All right. See you at the top of the hour. Yes, That's sir. Alex Ferrario, our pregame and uh, postgame host and also intermissions. Does an incredible job covering the St. Louis Blues. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It is close. It is that time of year. It is the winter warm-up, the annual winter warm-up of the St. Louis Cardinals. And my guest is the VP of Community Relations and the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. You know his voice. You know the man. And that is Michael Hall, who's been with the St. Louis Cardinals and Cardinals Care for a number of years. And as always, Michael, great to hear your voice. Hopefully you're safe and happy and healthy. How are you? And Happy New Year to you. I'm doing well, Dan. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's that time of year. It's the winter warm-up. How many years now for you personally with the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals? So going into this season, this will be my 27th season. 27 years. And how many years now for Cardinals care? we got to be coming up late 90s. I'm doing my numbers. I'm not really good with them. We're over two decades, so that's that's a long time. Yeah, yes. Uh, Cardinals Care was uh, created in 1997. And so um, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of specifically Cardinals Care being my responsibility since uh, 2008. Unfortunately, we can't congregate together, but we still can do this virtually. And let's get this out there. This is the separate charitable arm of the, the franchise. So all the money that's raised is going back into the community for kids. And that's something I think that we, we need to realize. This isn't going to pay for a second baseman. This is going to pay and help people out. This is going to help and help a lot of kids. And and that, I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, doesn't it? I think it can. Um, I think it can. And, and, you know, it is important for fans to know that, that when a warm-up, not just this year, every year that we've done it has been – 
the biggest fundraiser for Cardinals Care, the the team's charitable foundation. And the money raised by Cardinals Care does go back into the community, as you mentioned, for kids and, and young people. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people are familiar and have probably heard me say that you know, we have our, our, our flagship program, which is Redbird Rookies. It's a, it's a youth baseball and softball program. Um, we, and people are familiar with the ball fields that are associated with that program, I believe. But I don't know if people know that we, we give grants. We give over north of 100 grants each year to other nonprofits, other charitable organizations that also support kids in the community. And the money raised not only from winter warm-up, but things that we do throughout the season, our silent auctions and games, our 50-50, uh, our golf tournament, all the of the fundraisers that we do throughout the year go to the charity, and the charity puts it back into the community for kids and young people. How many uh, different outlets have been uh, helped by Cardinals Care over the years, and how much money has been raised by Cardinals Care? Wow. Um the number of outlets, that's a tough one to answer um, just because of, the, like I mentioned, there's north of 100 just, just talking the grants each year um, that, that we, we distribute. Um, but, you know, over the years since, since 97, as I mentioned, we've raised over $25 million and, and, and put that back out um, into the community to, to help and serve kids. And, you know, we want to continue to do that. And we've been challenged this year, just as everyone has with, with the pandemic. And we feel that to us, winter warm-up is a tradition. And we look forward to Martin Luther King weekend. That's when it's traditionally taken place, that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And, um, you know, without us being able to have an in-person event this year, we wanted to try to do the best we could to put um, – some events, some some things together that are along the winter warm-up uh, path, the things that we've done in the past um, to help us raise money. And and we were able to, to put these virtual experiences together that, that fans will be able to take part in over the weekend. Um, we'll still have our silent auctions that will happen over the weekend. And then we, we put together some autograph items and we also uh, started our 50 50 uh, back. We started it the Friday after Thanksgiving and that'll run through uh, Monday. Uh, it'll close at 3 PM on, on January the 18th. And so uh, we wanted to try to incorporate a lot of the things that we would do at warm up in an in-person event and, and we just had to, to shift a little bit and make things virtual. So you got this going on the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th. So you have that whole weekend going. It's going to be uh, virtual. You have uh, paid experiences for folks to, to join in. It's going to be done virtually, but you've, you've got some different themes going on for that weekend. You do have the 50-50, as you mentioned. you got autographed items. Obviously, you're trying to raise a bunch of money, so uh, tell our, our folks, and Michael Hall is my guest, um, what you have going on and, and trying to make this fun as much as you can. Sure. So the the newest thing uh, is the actual virtual experiences. Uh, we, we put together 14 different experiences. The first one will lead us off on Friday evening um, at 6 o'clock, and it's a, it's a 2011 uh, World Series reunion, and uh, we currently have Alan Craig and Lance Berkman, Kyle McClellan, Jason Mott, 
and David Freeze, and um, it's just going to be a conversation with them, and and just talking about that that championship year, that championship run. Um, it's you know it's the ten year anniversary of it, so we thought that would be a good way to to lead into the weekend, and then you know throughout the weekend, each day we have you know four or five different uh, virtual experiences as well. Uh, we try to provide a variety. Um, not just talking baseball and not just talking on field. We wanted to give fans an opportunity to uh, see the personalities of our players and, and, and see some of their personal, uh, some of their personal lives and some of their interests. So we, we tried to sprinkle in some different themes and um, you know, all of that is, is up on our website. If, if fans want to go to cardinals.com slash WWU, they'll be able to see uh, the list of, of virtual experiences and the description of them, as well as the, the price that we ask uh, for that donation, as I mentioned earlier, to go to Cardinals Care. So I, I'm actually kicking it off for you with that World Series reunion. I've, I've got a panel with uh, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor, their best friends, and now playing uh, pro ball with the Cardinals, got reunited after the trade for Libertor. Uh, there's a panel with broadcasters. Uh, I'm going down to Matt Carpenter's ranch virtually. Uh, there's best dressed. You got guys from MLB Network that are going to be part of this as well. You, you've you've done a lot of different things too. You're you're getting different people from different genres as a part of some of these panels as well, aren't you? Yeah, we've we've tried to to mix it up, Dan. Um, you know, we appreciate your support and you being a moderator on a three or four of these and on the panel on one of them. Um, you know, we tried to include uh, people that that were that made sense uh, for the the particular theme. Um, you know, we the best dress one, for instance, uh, is is about Flaherty and, and Fowler and Bader and and how they kind of go back and forth with with their their wardrobe, if you will. And it's going to be moderated by Jessica Radloff, who's a, a Glamour magazine editor um, who has St. Louis ties. And so, you know, we thought that kind of made sense. And and you know, MLB Network has has supported winter warm up in the past, and they reached out when they knew that we were going virtual and they offered a couple of their um, on-air talent and, and Fran Charles and Greg Amzinger to, uh, to be a part and to moderate a couple of our, of our experiences. So, uh, you know, we wanted to, to mix it up and, and try to spread things out as much as we can. And again, try to offer a variety to the fans because, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest out there and we're trying to, to cater to as much people as we possibly can. Now, a lot of fans, they love the on-stage um, Q and A's, which were free, as they wait for autographs, which was part of this at a normal winter warm up. What what can you tell us about the autographs and some of the on stage things that you're trying to to pull off with this too? Yeah, so you know when you mention the main stage, uh, that that is a very popular part of winter warm up, uh, as well as the autographs. And and so from an autograph standpoint, it was it was a little bit of a challenge, obviously, with us not being able to to be with the the to meet face to face and to have the players here in town and and for fans to to go through the lines and and see them face to face and get their items signed. So uh, what we literally have to do is is send and ship items to the players for them to sign from their homes or wherever they may be during the off season. Have them ship them back to us uh, for us to be able to provide them for the fans that can that can purchase them online now and through the warm up. And as far as main stage 
at a typical warm up, we do have some some input and some Q and A from from our top execs, our, our president, our president of baseball operations, our general manager, um, and so we want to try to provide that as well. And and what we we plan to do is have some links for some Q and A that uh, will be recorded with with those those gentlemen that fans will be able to click onto and and just kind of take a look, take a listen, and get some get some of that input, even though. It's not live. We're just trying to provide as much content as we can in a virtual space with this uh, pandemic that we're all we're all dealing with. So you got uh, a lot of variety. You got the 50-50. You got autograph sales. You got different panels. Uh, Michael Hall is my guest. So, again, what's your best advice for the Cardinal fans out there that want to go to the winter warm-up? Obviously, we're not going to have it, but we will have it virtually. What's the best way to find out what's happening? And schedules will change and probably be added certain things as we go along, which it always does as we get closer to the event. So what's the best advice for those fans that are out there? The best advice that I have is please visit our website, cardinals.com slash WWU. It has uh, links and, and information for all the things that we are offering for winter warm-up this year. Hey, Michael, I know it's a major undertaking to pull this thing off. Uh, best of luck. Raise a lot of money. I know you're doing great things in the community, and uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate your support. That's Michael Hall of Cardinals Care. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. I don't understand that. How is enemy not at the top of their list or at least on their list? That's a good question. <laughs> he's got to be on my list. He, I'm bringing him in right now. He's the hottest candidate, I would say, in the NFL coaching circuit and you don't want to interview him? I, I got to bring in anybody that's got an offensive mind just to hear what they have to say. Yeah, I I don't know what the Texans are doing. That is a mess of a franchise. Yes, and I've got a great quarterback. I'd pair him up with a great offensive mind. I'm wasting Watson right now this year. They should have had at least nine wins. At least, minimum. Probably 10 or 11. And I got to be looking at the enemy to bring him in and reportedly there is some buzz circling around the league that watson may request a trade this offseason that's one way to keep him yeah uh the odds are out for the mvp by the way and I don't, i'm not sure why there's even odds out because the guy in green bay he's the mvp easy money to win then yes wxos use that promo code <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, man, that's that's crazy not to have him as at least on your list. My goodness. Uh, Danny Mack from the 636. I'm hearing on Carriker and Smallman that the Angels have interest in Contreras. Does that mean Yachty's coming back to St. Louis? I, I think as time goes on, Tanner, that also I, I've been saying this from day one, is the patience that John Mosellock has been talking about as they continue to, to, and especially if spring training starts on time, especially if that happens, all signs point to him coming back to St. Louis because he's got what other teams don't have, which is legacy. Other teams don't care about that. Other teams want a guy that performs. And I'm not saying Yachty is not going to perform. He may perform at a very high level this next year. But in terms of being an offensive threat, he's not the threat that others are. 
So what does he have here in St. Louis? He's beloved by the fan base. If he goes to somewhere else, he's not as beloved. And that is in the checkbox for Yachty. Big time here in St. Louis. Plus, he knows this this pitching staff inside and out. He can help guide a young pitching staff. That's that's a given. He still plays defense uh, defensively on a high level. I'm not sure he's the best still, but he's still darn good. I think he comes back here. I really do. I agree. Uh, I've been playing a lot of chess recently, and I said it almost feels like he's getting put into checkmate. Like he's over, he's closer. running out of options. It just feels like he's the king on the board, and then all the other pawns are starting to disappear. It won't be checkmate yet because from his camp, you got to see where Real Muto goes. And once that domino falls, then you start to see where the other teams are that are maybe looking into where he signs if they had an interest in Real Muto. And then they say, okay, now the other guy that's out there that we could see that we like is Yadier Molina. Um, You know, there's been some talk that maybe the Phillies would want Yadier Molina. I could see that. That makes some sense. Um, you, you've got uh, Joe Girardi that is there, the manager there. They want to win. And if you if you have a short window, and they might have a short window looking at their roster, he would make some sense there. If I'm Yadi's camp, you know I would assume that he wants to come back here. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that he wants it and wants to finish here and let's just say we get fans back in the stands i hate the fact that if it came down to this that he didn't finish in front of fans that's a shame but this is a business um i just think signs point to him coming back here more and more and more with each day passing i agree do you think that the padres could still be a dark horse for yachty i don't really no they they you darvish's personal catcher is there now with caratini that's your backup and I like the catcher that they have there potentially every day. No. I ha- I have them as just a dark horse just because I don't know if you look at that and you go, all right, yeah, our catching's figured out. I mean, I think Yachty adds to it. He's, I don't know if you can say better defensively, but he would help a younger pitching staff that you're going to have more than I think those two can. Caratini is going to catch you, Darvish. So, no, that's that's there. That's... 30 starts so and more because he's a backup and the guy that they have there is good i like the guy that they have there so no i i don't i think that's that's off the board i don't think that i i think it's got to be that when the real muto chip falls then you got to see who's left something you said that caught my you mentioned how if he goes somewhere else he's not going to have that legacy there what do you think the fan reaction would be if say he were to go to uh, use the angels as an example what do you think the fan reaction is you think it's oh hey we got yair molina he he's great player in st louis you think it's we got that old catcher that's not hitting the ball anymore depends um depends where you go i think you'll get a rejuvenated guy i think you'll get a guy that's got something to prove and when you got a, a, a player like that that's got something to prove, he keeps himself in great shape. Um, I still think he can do things that other people can't defensively. Offensively, um, he'll be fine. I, you know, he's not going to hit you 20 home runs. And the way the game is played today, it's an offensive-minded sport. You know, you're looking for guys that slug, hit for power. Um, but if you're looking for a guy that is there to solely catch he'll be fine um 
there'll be some that say, some of the fans are saying, wow, we get to watch one of the great catchers ever defensively. I do think that there will be some in the fan base that do that. Yes, I do. I, I think some will take that look at it. But, you know, I'll, I'll go back to when Albert went to the Angels. I think there were some that said, wow, we got Yadier Molina, or uh, got Albert Pujols, and they go, okay, you're in L.A. You're just, a, you know, it's L.A., man. Yeah. You know. No shortfall of stars there. Right. Just depends on where you go. Um, but we got to figure this out fairly soon, especially if – Spring training starts on time. We're five and a half weeks away. So you get through the winter warm-up, and then at that point, so the winter warm-up, as we were just talking with Michael Hall, is uh, basically it starts a week. Well, yeah, it starts a week from tomorrow. So you get the virtual winter warm-up starting a week from tomorrow. That's unbelievable. And normally we'd be going out on caravans and doing those kind of things in the the surrounding states with players and you hop on the buses and you're going to get do the autographs and the meet and greets and all that kind of stuff fans be coming from all over the place downtown it's kind of the official kickoff of the 2021 season yachty would be in town signed probably maybe yachty wayno you'd at least have a decision more than likely because somebody would have them sign um and we're just not seeing movement in baseball i would think after next weekend we got to have some kind of movement, I would think. But then maybe baseball is saying, well, why? Why do we have to move? Well, we four weeks. Then we're three weeks. Then we're two. Maybe we wait. Because then, then we have a better understanding as the weeks go by and the days go by when the vaccine gets further rolled out. And do we have fans in the stands? And then we have a better understanding what our budget is. I'll get this to you real quick before we go to the break. Ray Lemuto. That's your way of telling me I got to go to a break. Springer or Bauer, those three, will one of them sign within the next two weeks? I'd say yes. Yeah, I do. I think there's going to be a sense of urgency among teams to get their rosters set. Yes. And maybe a player wants to have more stability and says, okay, let's get this done. Let's move on. I want to have some stability, know where I'm going to be, and move on. Yes. Do you think that's Bauer? Uh, not necessarily. I think there's a sense of urgency, though, from a player, player's perspective at times to say, I, I just want to have some stability and I want to know where I'm going and, and kind of set up shop. Yeah. It's a poker game, man. This is a really long poker game. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And uh, it's, it's tough on the sport. It's tough on the teams and it's tough on the fans. You know, it's this should be a, a fun time for all of us. But. The virus is dictating all of this, unfortunately, and that's no fun. Yeah, I'll stick to blackjack. That way it's quick, simple, and I know if I win or lose pretty pretty easily. So you're going to hit on 16? Uh, Sure. You got to risk it for the biscuit. You're taking a chance, baby. I like it. All right, we'll take a quick uh, timeout and then cross it over, and uh, BK and Alex are coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. 
missed any of the show, go to our 101 ESPN website and all the podcasts presented by I Promise. Alex Ferrario is coming up with BK and what is coming up on the show, my man. So we're talking with the Joe Vitale at 1.30, probably right. the second best interview interview we do weekly right behind Dan McLaughlin. Oh. Um, that's why you're the best. That's true. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah. Ben Heisler is going to join us at 1 o'clock because a lot of NFL games this weekend, so we're yeah. going to make sure we get the betting side of this one done. And plenty of blues talk from this one because, Shocking. you know, my enthusiasm just has to come through after last night. Did you see any Hall of Famers on the ice uh, last night? A little bit of Glenn Hall, a little bit Did of Cujo. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, I'm not saying this, but I'm saying this. Cujo's not in the Hall of Fame, is He's he? going to be. You think so? Oh, yeah. He'll be there. This will be a conversation for another day. But I'm not going to say this, but um, somebody did look like Al McKennis at one point. Just I'm going to throw that out there. I'm just going to throw that out there. You never know. Big slapper, huh? Little chopper. That's what we're going to call him. Little chopper. Little chopper. All right. Looking forward to the show. That's next. Tanner, awesome job. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.